Now, what you need you is... better bisect this section here. What you need is a log puller. I said a log puller! I will sit over here. I am going to sit over here quietly because we have now broken the record of throwing up li- on the breath, on the breath of starting the show. We didn't even get you didn't get one word out. I nope. literally interrupted you. Nope. And you know on- what? I'm, yeah. Yep. That's just how this show is going to begin. So hello, everybody. Oh, God. And welcome back to... <laughs> I feel like so many times we start off the episodes laughing about something that had happened just before I started talking. So this week, this is all being left in because I want to peel back the curtain, if you will, uh, for the audience to see the craziness and the unprofessionalist that is me. Unprofessionalist. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's a word. Unprofessionalist. Yeah. Pay no attention (laughs) to the man behind the curtain. Uh, It's okay. Tommy Lee Jones still. (laughs) <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I just I think I have the cadence of Tommy Lee Jones down. I don't quite have the tone quite yet, but I I, I saw Captain America First Avenger, the uh, the first Captain America was on TV a couple days ago and I saw and I looked up and it was on mute and the closed captioning was on and I could still hear Tommy Lee Jones in my head. <laughs> Cuz I just feel like everything he says it he just talks like this. <laughs> It's a, always, always with a with a slight southern twang, and just the, uh, yeah, he, always just kind of very. Um, uh, he's he always feels like he's talking down to you a little bit. Like what are you talking about, mm-hmm, little boy? Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? <laughs> that became a little bit Obama. I didn't intend on that, but eh, all right. You know, well, anyways, I, 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 that's good. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the show, everyone. I'm TC. <laughs> I'm Jeff. Welcome back to Top Shelf Disney Animation Studios Library, uh, where we watch. Classic Disney films in order, one <laughs> at a time, one through five. One through five. I was trying to make it rhyme. I forgot there's nope. fifty five movies. Nope. One through fifty five. There, right. that's way to, that way to go. Uh, if we was if it was only one through five by episode fifteen, that means we've watched these movies three times. Uh, we don't want to do that yes. multiple times. But, <laughs> but actually, <laughs> it might be worth reminding the if in case there's some newcomers who might not have listened to. The episodes previous to the, previous to this previous mm-hmm. anyway. Uh, so what we're doing here <laughs> previously on <laughs> Top Shelf Podcast, Disney Animation Studios Library. It's just what laughing. we are doing is we are watching the entire canonical Disney Animation Studios Library. Now, what this enta- there's a very specific list that counts as the as this library. It started with Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. We've caught up to Lady and the Tramp, which is what we're we're discussing today. And yep. uh, Jeff will remind you that again when I'm done talking. And Indeed. it will continue you to broke the most in before recent, I could. Oh, the most you. recent <laughs> is Moana. Now this, there's a list you can find on Wikipedia. I yep. believe we linked it through the Facebook page for Top Shelf. But yep. there are several movies that aren't on this list that may surprise you. Pixar is its own thing. That's its own library. The straight-to-DVD Disney movies that are that are sequels to a lot of the movies we are watching, that's its own library. We are watching the very special vault these movies every 10 years, release them every so often in some upgraded format, Disney Animation Studios Library. Ex- exactly. I was, I, was, I was waiting. I'm like, I'll... I'll are we done? Are we keep going. I, I didn't want. I didn't want to interrupt you. I didn't, I didn't want to interrupt you. Hard <laughs> words are hard. 
So that is correct, TC. Thank you very much for for that fantastic recap. Uh, I feel like every 15 mm. episodes we need to do that just because we don't know. A lot of people come into podcasts. I mean, I'm definitely among those types of people. There's a handful of podcasts that I've listened to over the years. I never started at the beginning of them. I came in like, well, oh, this show's been on for like six years. I don't, I don't know what's going on, but I kind of, you kind of pick it up and you assume, you know, what's <laughs> going on, but. Uh, but yeah, it's always nice to kind of just remind people and just let them know what we're doing. And yes, as TC said, uh, this week we watched the 1955 animated film Lady and the Tramp, which I could not have told you what happened in the movie prior to watching it. <laughs> and I still don't know exactly what happened in the movie, unfortunately. Really? Okay. Oh um, boy! I, I saw the I saw Titanic. That's that's what I saw in this movie. <laughs> I'm well aware Titanic oh, came out 42 years after this movie was made, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I'm going to get crap for that. I'm well aware of that too, everybody out there. Well, <laughs> you're, the 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 plot of this movie does have some similarities to to some other films. I, oddly enough, you reference Titanic. I will reference Step Up. The uh, breakdancing movie with um, with uh, Channing Tatum. <laughs> if anybody hasn't, okay, for those of you out there that don't know TC, TC's really good at being able to attribute similarities and stories to movies that are not the first thing you think of. <laughs> but he is so right in so many ways. Um, sometimes, sometimes, so I don't know. You 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 related you related uh, Tokyo Drift to A New Hope, and mm-hmm. damn it, you were you were you were right on, <laughs> spot on with that one. I, I'm not gonna lie whatsoever. So, well, uh, La- Lady and the Tramp does follow the story of a, a girl from uh, Lady the 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 dog from mm-hmm. uh, an affluent part of town, and she run, runs across Tramp, who is from the literal other side. Side of the tracks right <laughs> and he he's from the streets and she sees what life is like in the lower class he exposes her to to a little adventure through town and um and in the end they 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 uh grow to care for each other and find common ground and and tramp gets to upgrade his life <laughs> right <laughs> and obviously just real quick for the record everybody i am well aware Titanic is not the first representation of this story or the best representation of this story. It's no, just the no, more, no. more well-known recently, well, not even recent, man, that was 20 All years ago at this 90, point. 97. 94, 90, 97, there we go. Yep. Uh, but you know what, Jeff? No one can be upset with you for referencing Titanic this way. What people should be upset with is when they go online and Google Titanic is real and just be just be sad at the state of youth that uh, there's a there's an entire generation of people that didn't know that Titanic was a real thing. <laughs> there's there's a part of me that dies a little inside when I find people that don't know Titanic or that didn't realize Titanic was a real thing. It hurts. Uh, it hurts deep inside. It's so Jack and Rose's <laughs> tale, Channing Tatum and pretty brunette girl from Step Up and Lady in the Tramp. It's a tale as old as time, true <laughs> as it may seem. <laughs> Pretty brunette girl. <laughs> Thank you. Ah, <laughs> uh, sorry. That was that hit. That hit a funny bone. I like that one. Oh well, Jeff, man! What, so, when's the last time you watched Lady and the Tramp? When's like uh, what was, you said you had no memory of it? What, yes, last week, and you're saying it now that you you just didn't know what was going to happen. I I when's didn't know what was going to happen. I honestly would have to say, 
again, going along with what I said last week, Mike, I had I had absolutely no memory in this film because I think the last time I watched it, I might have been like four or three. Mm-hmm. Like this was one of those. This is one of those movies that like my grandmother. Like I I really strongly believe and do remember that this being this was like one of my grandmother's favorite Disney movies. Um, because okay. she loved dogs. She actually, I think she had, <laughs> I think at one point she's had both or had both of these types of, uh, both lady and tramps breed of dogs. Breed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it was it, like, I, I remember her always talking about it. She always talked about this and I remember watching it cause she was one of the ones that heavily didn't push, but heavily like, um, influenced. Uh, recommend in, influenced me to watch the Disney films. So uh, I, I know I probably watched it with her when I was little, but that mm-hmm. was honestly the last time I watched it. I had no idea outside of the spaghetti uh, spaghetti scene, which has been mm-hmm. spoofed in every film ever since then. <laughs> um, I, besides that, I had no idea what to expect. I had no idea what the story was. And going into it, the whole... Um, I'm sorry, it's based on the owner's names. Um, the the two uh, John, ladies, John, John, and Darling, and uh, Darling. Yeah, when yeah. like the whole opening, like I don't know, first twenty minutes of the film or so that dealt with them getting Lady and then them having the baby and then them going away. I'm watching this going. When does this wrap around to the Italian like spaghetti scene? <laughs> I, I I had no idea how we were gonna get from there to there. So it threw well, me I off. I hope you enjoyed bit. the adventure to get there. <laughs> you know, I did. I, I enjoyed the adventure. Um, we'll talk more about my thoughts on the film, like overall compared to all of them when we get later on to where we rank them. But mm-hmm. um, when was the last time you saw this uh, yeah. prior to watching uh, it for the episode, for the podcast? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's probably been probably six or seven years, maybe even a, a little bit longer since I since I watched this. But I, I was surprised how much I not just remembered or recollect in terms of what was happening in the course of the movie. Because there were certainly mm-hmm. moments I forgot. Like I, f- I completely f- forgot about Aunt Sarah. Might be one of the worst Disney villains. And I don't mean worse like she's a, a bad uh, concept in that I think she's one of the most villainous Disney villains. Um, Ooh, interesting. Just because <laughs> we'll get back interesting. to that. Um, wait, 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 wait. Su- what? what? <laughs> I was surprised how many lines of dialogue that I could quote just before they happened. Particularly anytime uh, Trusty, the bloodhound, would be like, oh, it's like my grandpappy old reliable used to say. Ah. Like I, I can I <laughs> I remember all of that, and the the beaver that that gets Lady out of her muzzle. I remembered a lot of the dialogue in that scene, especially the last line of like, "Hey, it works well." <laughs> <laughs> See, in the beaver, I have I again like I had no memory of that scene. That entire scene at the zoo of her getting the muzzle off of her, that was like, <laughs> oh, this is. But but at the same time, I kind of knew where it was going, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. but I didn't remember it like specifically from this film, and I had no yeah. idea what any of the lines were. I it, it actually <laughs> threw me for a little bit of a loop for the fact that the dogs don't talk for the first ten minutes. Like lady, yeah, lady's a lady's a dog and barks mm-hmm. and does not speak a word. And I understand, like I understand that they 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 structured it because it was well she was in front of 
the humans, humans. you know. And mm-hmm. obviously, she's not going to talk in front of the humans. And I, you know, and once I once I looked at it in that from that direction, I went, oh yes, of course, that makes sense. But in the same in the same time, I'm like, well, but I, I they could have easily still made it be her talking, and the humans mm-hmm. just didn't acknowledge what she said. And well, I, that, yeah, that might be uh, that that's proof uh, that uh, shows a little bit ambition of what this story was. That there was no dialogue from your main character for the first ten ish minutes until she until Lady is is older and she meets Scotty and Jacques, the cocker spaniel. Uh, that's when the the dog starts speaking, and um, that's that's ambitious of of Walt Disney Studios to do that at the time with a feature, but it also is the standard for all pet movies to this day. Mm-hmm. That that the 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 dogs and cats and the occasional other creatures that fall into their into their realm can speak only when humans aren't around. And you know, because at this point, it, it actually it breaks kind of what Disney has already established in their mm-hmm. films. You know, because you get a, like like Bambi, they're all talking all the time. But even films like um, like Dumbo and those, they never specifically say that the humans can't hear the animals talking. You know, or like yeah, Pinocchio. It's sometimes for, it's for implied, example. and some right, right, right. <clears throat> It's, but, a, it's yeah. implied, but it's never explicitly stated whether or not humans can or cannot hear the animals. But in Lady and the Tramp, it's very clear. The dogs can only talk around other creatures who understand them. Right. The dogs talk. The, the beaver can talk. There's, these, there's the cats that can talk to each other. But not the birds, not the rats, not the horses. So it's kind of weird, like they have this weird hierarchy of who can talk to whom and who can understand whom. Uh, Like the Mm -hmm. fish doesn't talk Mm -hmm. when the Siamese cats and Lady are running around the house, Uh, but the cats obviously can, which those cats. Okay, I know that. Okay, I know that song. I know Mm -hmm. a lot of the Disney songs, whether or not I have seen the Disney movie that they are a part of. Mm -hmm. I knew that entire. Siamese cat song. I recognized all of the footage from it. Mm-hmm. I remember the cats trashing the house, you know, and knock, <laughs> you know, and the fishbowl being slid back and forth, and then, you know, like them trying to eat the. I, I remember that whole sequence, which I think goes back to uh, what we discussed previously. This whole like sing along tapes. Yes, when yeah, we the old Disney zippity doodah tapes that you could play. <laughs> exactly, and I'm like, oh, okay. So that one scene, I, I, I should have brought this up earlier. That one scene, I did remember, and I did know what was going to happen. I couldn't, or like, I, I, I remembered what was happening while I watched it. I went, oh yeah, that's right. And then the, okay, and then the, and then I remembered them like feigning injured when Aunt, oh what, Aunt Sarah. And Sarah, yeah. And yeah. Sarah came down. Like, I remembered them com- pretending to be hurt and Lady getting the blame. Like, I remembered that. But... Though that... It's... it's What this movie does is something that's a... It's a complaint I'm going to have in a movie down... Much further down the road for Disney. Uh, where it's a it's a detriment to the that movie that I'm not going to mention right now. But oh. actually is... Works in Lady and the Tramp. There's no true villain. There are multiple antagonists... To mm-hmm. ladies, world, and Tramp. Mostly Tramp, it's the, the dog catcher. That's the kind of his antagonist. But not a villain. The man's just doing his job. Right. And, 
Aunt Sarah and the Siamese cats, that they are the antagonists and the villains to Lady, <laughs> as is the rats, as is the 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 police officer in front of the zoo. Like there are antagonists in this, but there's no like that's why. So I, I'm going to talk about Aunt Sarah here. The reason she's a villain is because <laughs> yeah. she is just she is that worst. The, just the worst kind of human being caricature of the the nagging know it all uh, mean aunts uh, mother in law uh, mother grandmother character that like I I know best I know best no 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 shoo 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 oh where's my baby oh shoo you mongrel what are you doing in here oh my babies you've been hurt like I that is the I, I like the character because it's portrayed so well, but she's right. the worst. <laughs> See, and that was the thing going into it when she showed up. I'm like, okay, so that's like because you kind of you kind of there is still kind of a, a a somewhat predictability to the film as to like the characters they introduce. Like I'm trying to like go in my head of like what would Disney be doing for a villain? Who is the villain of this? Okay, well mm-hmm. obviously. First off, my head went, oh, so because Jim and Darling are leaving and you never saw their face really through the whole film, but then you see Aunt Mm -hmm. Sarah's face, I went, oh, okay, so they want you to know what she looks like because we're going to be paying attention, we're going to be with her, and I'm like, oh, she's the villain, okay, I get you, we have a face (laughs) to the villain, and so you kind of see that's where it was going, but... I guess yeah, she just annoyed the living crap out of me. <laughs> but oh. that's that that is a compliment because that's what she's supposed to be. She's this this, this embodiment of this henpecking dowager, uh, probably never been married in her life aunt. <laughs> oh yeah, she's got two I cats. I swear, I swear, <laughs> I'm not projecting on this woman from something in my personal life. But it's oh, just it's just nice that this. I swear I'm not. I swear. I swear. Not, Are this, you sure? Mm-hmm. <laughs> This uh-huh. movie and its and its multiple antagonists um, are are played well. I the Siamese cats. Quick tangent. I yes yes. This is once again a terrible stereotype. Yes, very Holy cow. very terrible. <laughs> so these uh, the look of them, the style of them, the fact that they're even voiced by a white lady is. Is wrong, wrong, wrong. <laughs> and you yes. could argue that like the Chihuahua has the um, Speedy Gonzalez esque voice to him, you yeah, know. Yeah. And you could argue that the two Italian uh, uh, restaurant owners are very over the top of film Italians, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's... I agree, the Siamese cats are the ones that are like, "Ooh, that hurts." Like I'm, a, I'm, I'm yeah, Sicilian. The... <laughs> I'm partial Sicilian. Those Italians had like that was nothing. I'm like, yeah, whatever. That's just that's who we are. But like, yeah. like <laughs> but like the Siamese cats, I'm sitting there going like, oh man, oh that's a little too far. You, oh, yeah. bring it back a little oh. bit there, Disney. Come on, just a <laughs> little less, little less racist, mm-hmm. please. It's it fits into that mold of the Mickey Rooney from Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh. And for those of you who may not recall or or hold Breakfast at Tiffany's in some high regard, just just go on YouTube real quick and find Mickey Rooney from Breakfast at T- Tiffany's. And if you don't cringe. We need to have a social commentary question, uh, conversation with each other. <laughs> Very true. But, I will. Man, there's, there's like photographs. You you'll cringe watching him act. You will cringe just as much just seeing a still frame and go, "Wait, that's Mickey Room." That's oh oh my oh that just yeah, looks bad. Yeah. Oh. But uh, I I do have a tweet here. I know it's early in the in the episode to even bring up tweets, but I just happen to have a tweet from. Uh, one of our listeners who says... For Mickey Rooney? He's still from, alive? From Mickey... Oh, come on now. <laughs> no, <sorry. laughs> uh, 
Um, I find the Siamese cat a harsh and terrible representation of cats. <laughs> that's from a that's from a cat lover. Uh, just for the record. <laughs> oh, I love it. And you know what? Okay. Um, there, there's there. See, and that's going back to like how horrible, <laughs> how horrible Aunt Sarah is, and just nah. the like, like <laughs> she, she. And obviously, dog lovers are going to be like, I don't see anything wrong with it. But cat lovers are going to be like, that is a horrible representation of a cat lover. You know, just like hating the dog. You're a shoe. Go away. Go. Like, I like cats. I'm not a huge dog lover, but I'm not remotely like Aunt Sarah. You know, like, I would see, like, obviously the dog's trying to get my attention to tell me something. Aunt Sarah Mm -hmm. did not give Lady a single chance to prove herself. Thus proving herself quite the villain. <laughs> exactly. And I did like at now, the very end, we are jumping around, but it's still mm-hmm. connected. I like at the very end when they're having the presence, uh, Jim makes the comment that like, like Aunt Sarah s- sent like like a bunch of dog gifts to them. Yeah, she she sent them dog biscuits that was – right. Which I was kind of, actually, I was kind of I, like, oh, so that's her realizing that Lady wasn't actually that bad because Lady was trying to protect the baby for because of the rat. Like I liked in in my head, I like to think that she had she had like her own epiphany and realized she was wrong, and I, I'm going to try to make up for it now. And you're such a good puppy <laughs> and all that stuff. Like I, I really like to think that's what happened. I don't I don't think you need to think that and think it's some uh, weird idea. I think that is deliberate because something I want to give this movie credit for is its script. The though it, it does follow a rather standard meet a, meet a, meet each other from opposite sides of the tracks go on adventure as we discussed. Mm-hmm. Everything they set up in this movie has a payoff in the end, which I complimented. Oh shoot, there was another one of our movies that we watched. Was it Cinderella? It might have been Cinderella. There was one of our earlier movies in this library that I that I complimented on its script being so strong in setting things up early that pay off in the end. The rat is introduced in the first five minutes and has a musical motif and a style to him that lets you know everything you need to know about them. Uh, meeting the Italians on Tramp's first day out, they have a payoff later. The the dog catcher sprinkled throughout. The uh, the and Aunt Sarah then um, forgiving the dogs and sending biscuits. There's all these little details. Oh, uh, how could I forget? Trusty's sense of smell being right. established as broken at the beginning, but it saves everyone in the end. Like there's so many very well constructed uh, elements to this script. As simple as it might seem, that that it's writing 101 that a lot of movies don't follow through on. Uh, that I, 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 that Jeff, you and I will complain about in very mainstream blockbuster movies. Like that's writing 101. How did you mess that up? Yep. Yep. Or like that was a perfect opportunity for you to establish this thing that comes into huge play near the end of the film. And you didn't. You you decided to go a completely different direction. It's like, but you wasted could've. opportunity. Exactly. Yeah. I think wasted opportunity is the thing that I yell the most at TVs one <laughs> anymore, or even the even the screen at the movie theater. I don't yell it. I say it under my breath. But I still just like, sir, we're gonna have to ask you to leave. It's we like uh, the screen, Mr. Bell. We've already kicked you out the last four days. Please stop <laughs> yelling at the screen. People are trying to enjoy the piece of crap film that you're watching. <laughs> Well, at least you but agree I, with me. And 
gone. Yeah, you agree it's crap, but the, <laughs> the so the script, I, I want to I want to give credit to the script for for being able to set those elements up early that pay off in the end. And that may come into effect because they they took more time and they're taking more times for each of these films that right. they can develop certain areas of the film to make them stronger as films. Right. And as usual, while where you tend to, you and I, I kind of like this, we, we kind of have this balance between how you and I have been uh, developing on this podcast. You focus very heavily on the story and the structure and the meaning. I tend to focus on the technical aspects of stuff. Mm-hmm. I just wanted <laughs> to say, while the story is amazing, this movie looks fantastic. This movie does not look yes. like it's, well, at the time <laughs> of this recording, a 52-year-old movie. Like, not one bit. Not one 62, bit. 62. 62 years old. Oh my gosh. It's even older than I thought. Like, it's <laughs> this movie, honestly. So, one of my favorite cartoon movies growing up was The Elven and the Chipmunks. Uh, uh, the Chipmunks, uh, the, yeah, The Chipmunks Great Adventure or. Uh, oh, yeah, the, the Around the World in 80s Day one. Yeah. 80 Days one with the, like, with the hot air balloons. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, that movie to me just looks amazing because there's this big scope to it and it's it's great it's well done this movie looks like it could have easily been made in the 80s and i mean that in a good way like it does not look like it it's as old of a film because it's so beautifully drawn like i know we praise mm-hmm. peter pan for looking gorgeous and and uh you know even like cinderella looking very pretty uh but this movie or sorry um yeah, Cinderella and Alice in Wonderland looking pretty, but this movie just this movie was shot in the the cinemascope format, so it's mm-hmm. it's a super wide screen. It's two fifty five by one, um, which is even wider than most live action movies. Live action movies generally are two thirty five by one. There's gonna be a test at the end of this episode for these numbers, so please write <laughs> these down. Uh, <laughs> but no, like I mean, it's super widescreen, but the backgrounds are beautiful. The animation is yeah. gorgeous. Like the thunderstorm during the whole ending, the lightning mm-hmm, bolts mm-hmm. and the oh, it's so beautiful. And like the, it's yeah. such a fluid motion. The dogs are are just great looking. They look they honestly they really do look. This movie looks like it was made in the eighties. Uh, it throws <laughs> it makes my it breaks my brain because I'm so like trying to figure out how how is this in the, how is this the fifties? How is this as old as it actually is? It's mm-hmm. so it's, good. It's the it, you you are so right about this movie. I referenced last week that Tangled used this as a reference for its visual styles in the the digital painting technique that Tangled used. They mm-hmm. used the matte paintings and the technique of of Lady and the Tramp as inspiration. And Lady and the Tramp is held in a very high regard by a lot of a lot of uh, cinephiles and people who are more interested in the technicality of animation as one of the better, if not one of the the greatest of animated films. Um, and I know and that, the, like, I know, yeah. I know, Disney set out for this one. He purposely did set out to make a more "quote unquote" realistic cartoon. Um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously, like coming off of films like Peter Pan and Alice in Wonderland and Cinderella, well, there was human characters in there, and there was some fantasy elements. Those movies still very much so feel like a cartoon. Those worlds don't right. feel yeah. real to me. Not you know, I'm not even I'm not saying like I'm not actually saying Wonderland. I'm just even saying like where Alice was in the park. Those worlds still feel like a cartoon world. Watching Lady and the Tramp, you go, 
yeah, that's a real world. That's a real city they're running around in. And you can like yeah. you can see the the dirt and the mud and the grime and you can see all that and the detail in it. And you're just like, yeah, that's that's a real city. They just happen mm-hmm. to have talking dogs and beavers <laughs> <Yes>. in it. <laughs> <laughs> it the, the, the lighting in this is so cinematic. The use of shadows in, in this whole film is wonderfully handled. The there there are little nuanced moments of of like when when Lady sh- tells Tramp to get away from him, get away from her, you know, just leave, mm-hmm. just leave, and and he goes to exit. They 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 motivate his uh, not motivate. They establish his exiting by showing his shadow pause, look back, and then he moves to the gate, and then the camera turns to him, or like you said, the thunderstorm, the use of lightning and shadows in yeah. there. Uh, the rat, as I mentioned earlier, has a very specific technique in how they shadowed him to give him his sinister quality and it's it's much much more cinematic than than a lot of if it it very it does have reminiscent uh, it does remind me of pinocchio in a lot of its cinematic technique the use of lights mm-hmm. shadows and camera movements yep which is which is wonderful um and the so the the uh, the shorthand of stereotypes is bad. We can, <laughs> we, we've discussed that, but there's still there is a shorthand in characterization mm-hmm. and uh, and in the animation technique, which we've discussed previously, especially in the package movies. The characters being drawn a specific way, so you just know who they are just by looking at them, right? And Whereas that isn't exactly as exaggerated and obvious in Lady and the Tramps technique, because like Jeff said, it's not as animated, it's not as cartoony. Every single character in this movie is an individual. And I want to yes. compare that to the pirates of Peter Pan, who were just the pirates. And even the Lost Boys didn't have enough about them to make them entirely unique. Every single dog and creature and person even the ones you don't see the faces of clearly have their own characteristics that right. are are very realized and that is that is a, a credit to their technique that's amazing the closest you come to characters being like the pirates or like the lost boys are honestly and um spoilers i guess but lady <laughs> and the tramps uh babies at the end are you know cuz they have four babies that look like lady yeah. and then you have one that looks like the tramp like there's you, the three three little girls and one little boy <laughs> right like like that's the closest you get to it but it doesn't matter because they're all puppies and you right that, but you don't need to care about you don't need you all you have to care about is the fact that they had kids <laughs> but <laughs> this the little little scamp i think is his name in the straight yep. to dvd don't nope. bother watching it sequel nope. <laughs> uh, he he automate he already has a huge personality in the fact that he's just a little jerk to everyone just <laughs> and everyone's just like yeah 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 here you go little pup get over here <laughs> <laughs> but he thinks he's so big and mean and he's Stronger than he actually is, but uh, no, yeah. I just I, I I really did. I the first thing I thought while watching this movie was just ah, I sound like a broken record, but it was just so pretty. It was so beautiful, there, and hey, I was you know I was the, doing some digging on it, and apparently this is one of those movies um, where they there's there is two variations of the film that oh, they that oh, they no, made really? for it in, in a good way. Um, Pixar okay. did this in the uh, late nineties. 
early 2000s for some of their like Toy Story and uh, A Bug's Life and all those films where the theatrical version of the film <clears throat> or sorry the widescreen version of the film was they everybody was um, was was put uh, spacing on the term like they were they were positioned in the frame in a certain way but when time came to make like the full frame version oh, they God, pain and they scan. actually reanimated the movie so that way all the characters were in frame that there was no cuz this was way back in Whoa. the day of, of pan and scan they reanimated the film so they shifted the position of the characters so they were all in frame holy cow that is that is a lot of work right wow. <laughs> and now and now i don't think they really don't do it much anymore because pan and scan is kind of not as big of a deal anymore. I don't think people care as much because people realize they know what the black bars are now. But this was back in the mm-hmm. ni- early ni- or, uh, early 2000s, late 90s, when people still complained about losing image on their screens because of the black bars. Uh, um, <laughs> I, I worked in retail during that period of time, and boy, I love that comment made by so many people. I, I worked in a video rental store in the like mid 2000s and people would complain all the time about I want I have a big screen TV I want to I want to see the big picture and I try right. to explain to them like no you're losing picture by watching full frame movies yep. what are you talking about <laughs> What do you mean I'm losing picture? I'm losing picture with these black bars. No, you're not seeing the full movie, you idiots. <laughs> well, Pan's Labyrinth needs an English subtitle. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, the reason I brought that up was because this film was filmed in CinemaScope. And again, this is where my specialty, this is, this is what I love. I love finding out and learning about this stuff. And this is for the few of you out there techie techie files like me that like this kind of thing. But when they made this movie, they made it in the CinemaScope. Uh, aspect ratio which is that really widescreen if you watch it nowadays you'll see it in widescreen um mm-hmm. but at the time not many theaters were able to show the film in that format mm, so projectors right right so Walt they they reanimated the movie <laughs> and re re did like they shifted characters around to fit the academy ratio which wow. is 1371 so it's it's like it was the standard of um of kind of like film aspect ratios and you know it's still fairly close to like what is there today like it's full frame basically mm-hmm. uh more or less more or less not exactly but it's more or less like that so, so i i'm they I'm reanimated this though. movie <laughs> in 1955 <Was> it... <laughs> <laughs> now i'm not uh, i don't i don't particularly uh care in terms of of the numbers necessarily, but was this a success box office wise or was this breaking even? How did this, how did this, this go for Disney? This one, uh, this one did fairly well. Uh, as far as I'm aware of it was actually, it was fairly successful, uh, compared to like some of the other ones still at this time. And some of the ones that mm-hmm. we're, we're getting into the film had a budget of like about $4 million and it came out at a, like, think like around 90 domestically okay yeah so it did it did fine <laughs> it did absolutely okay for itself so it's <clears throat> excuse me it's not alice in wonderland where alice in wonderland just barely made its money back mm-hmm. um but like peter pan and lady and the tramp both around four million both brought in around 90 uh and then like even peter pan was like 145 worldwide so like peter pan was fine lady and the tramp very much so made its money back 
We're um, we're still in this golden era. Uh, starting with Cinderella, we've we've been seeing the the classic Disney's, whether they are financial success or not. Uh, actually, I I posted just before we started recording if anyone had any feelings about Lady and the Tramp, and I got three three comments right away of people who love this movie, loved it as kids, love it now, and it's. It's so interesting because this is not – I don't think this is one of the first movies anyone thinks about when they think of Disney movies. And yet, no. as we've discussed, there's some amazing technique in this film, so much so that's being referenced in modern-day Disney animation. Exactly. And it, well, and even just – even if you want to – just referencing actions from the film, just strip away the technique but the concept of the movie, the the, the format of the film, down to like spoofing the, the – honestly, spoofing the Italian spaghetti scene. How many mm-hmm. movies, live action, <laughs> animated films, TV shows, doesn't matter. How many times have you seen that scene? Simpsons and Family Guy right off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I could tell you one. Uh, Hot Shots Part 1 spoofed it. Like, <laughs> you know, and like, like, and I know that's a spoof movie, but it generally is made fun of when it's a spoof movie. Mm-hmm, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, you just, it's, it's everywhere. And again, yeah, this is not, I don't really feel like this is one, like one of, like you said, one of the first films people think of when it comes to Disney films. You know, and you get so yet, many other ones. And yet, this is a a a touchstone in pop culture. The that that spaghetti scene is, like you said, spoofed again and again. Like we keep saying, it's been it's it's this very very memorable moment. And to tell you the truth, that scene, I know it's just two dogs eating spaghetti, but that is a very romantic sequence. It is, the, <laughs> and it's and, so and even, like, like humans don't get as romantic of scenes as that in 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 live action films. This is two dogs the, eating spaghetti. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but even in the the nuance of the the animation performance of Lady and Tramp, and particularly Tramp, like when. Um, uh, the the Tony tells him, you know, you gotta you gotta lock this one down, <laughs> uh, and he, and Lady's like, what do you mean by that? And Tramp's like, oh, uh, uh, it, he's, don't worry about it. And he makes this little like, it's very subtle, but he makes this sort of, Ooh. <laughs> it's like, oh, don't bring that up, because <laughs> Tramp knows what he means. Tramp yep. knows to, knows what Tony's saying, and Lady her naivete shows, and it's the little subtlety in the animation of Tramp and how he reacts to that, and then the the way the song plays out, and those two bombastic Italian characters playing <laughs> that music, cutting to them at the park, looking over Lover's Lane at the city oh, under, the, under, the, under the moonlight. It's two dogs, and yet it's so romantic. I, I couldn't help but smile watching it, just being like, this I, is so genuinely sweet. I got so sad and lonely feeling watching that <laughs> scene. Oh, oh, it Jeff. made me come, cry come, a little come inside. Here, come here. Come here. Let's so, hug. Let's, just, let's I hug want it. to be a dog that falls in love. <laughs> Why can't I be a dog that falls in love? <laughs> Where's well, my lady? I, this, <laughs> this, this, the that scene, this whole movie has is, I think, though Peter Pan, Alice in Wonderland, Cinderella, other movies we will see, such as Sleeping Beauty, Snow White, like we've seen, are the first thing anyone thinks of. Nine times mm-hmm. out of ten is going to be the Disney version. Yep. Though Lady and the Tramp isn't this classic piece of literature, it is adapted from a short story, but it's not. It wasn't a classic before. Right. I challenge anyone to disagree with me. This movie set the standard for all pet movies, all dog movies, cat movies, animal movies. 
were the standard has been set and and copied from Lady and the Tramp. Even down the road, we're going to see examples of this with like Oliver and Company and the Rescuers. See, and that like it's those movies that that's what I think about. Like those are the ones that my head kind of runs to when I was trying to figure out like, well, what other Disney movies are like Lady and the Tramp? Because again, as we've discussed, it's not like any other Disney film that we've seen so far. And you yeah, could the argue closest, it goes the away closest. even. Yeah, the closest would be Bambi. The closest would be right. Bambi because it deals with with anthropomorphic animals, but that's in the woods. It's in its own world. There is no man aside from the villain of man. <laughs> Ironically, to affect I know right <laughs> to affect the lives of these stories. Lady and Tramp exist in this turn of the century world. This familiar I don't know twenties maybe thirties. Um, yeah, because there was a lot of horse drawn carriages. And yeah, so but there probably was still 20s. cars, wasn't there? Like some early cars. Yeah, yeah. The the dog catcher was still doing a horse drawn carriage, and so were the police. But the there were the you know meet me right and and trolleys and trains. So it's in that turn of the century era, right there. Right. Also, 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 it's because it's the turn of the century. I'm sorry. My one complaint about this movie, when, when, when Darling is pregnant and she makes Jim go get watermelon, there's like a <laughs> foot and a half of snow on the ground. I don't think Jim was going to get some watermelons, not some fresh it's, ones in the turn of the comedy, century. Jeff. <laughs> Actually, it's worth mentioning since you are making that complaint. There, <laughs> and we, we did complain about this, the stereotyping of the, the cats in particular. And though there are stereotyping of the other characters, they don't Maybe the Chihuahua, but for, for the most part, uh, like the Italians aren't rudely stereotyped. The no. philosopher dog is not rudely stereotyped. The the male and female roles in this are a bit. It's that it's that kind of dated sense of women and men. Mm-hmm. There's that. I, there is. It is worth mentioning that i don't think it's as bad as some i I don't think it's as bad as some people have made it out to be i tried to find some articles or to look around for some theories for ladies and tramp if there were any Um, and all i could really find was some people complaining about yes yes the siamese cat but other other stereotypes in this movie aren't as terrible as though as the cats as the native uh, natives as they are portrayed in peter pan exactly Um, Exactly. But and I mean, uh, and the Siamese cats are only in literally that one scene, right? Like, mm-hmm, I don't mm-hmm. remember seeing them ever show back up in the film. So you, and that scene no. is only a scene, that scene, that scene's sole purpose to exist is for that song. And f- just to right. reiterate it the was, fact that Aunt Sarah doesn't like <laughs> Lady. <laughs> yeah, so it's... It's the the stereotyping, the gender roles. That's a that's a bit dated, but it doesn't feel the worst. It gets is during the baby shower, where the men are all smoking cigars in the study, and the women are all in the in, oh baby 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 in the living right. room. Like that's that's a bit stereotypical. Um, however, uh, another another minor complaint I would make, as much as we're praising the animation and the lighting and the cinematic techniques of this, there are occasions where the the drawing or the animation doesn't fit the reveal of the baby in the basket comes to mind because that the baby doesn't piece move. of artwork <laughs> right but that piece of artwork itself looks completely out of character to the rest of the film it's this weird right. different stylistic portrayal of of a of an image it was just that was that struck me as odd for the as as uh, 
consistent as the rest of the movie was. There was that. There were a couple moments like that where the illustration didn't match. Right. Other I, stuff. I, but I would argue that even Jim and Darling don't seem to fit Aunt Sarah. Aunt Sarah oh, feels right. like it's yes. a completely yeah. different human character than Jim and Darling, you know, is or are mm-hmm. were. Well, it, it's <laughs> it, I could make a defense of this, which always falls into that category of sometimes an apple's an apple, and I'm looking too deeply. But the the humans with the most character to them are the most caricatured characters. Yes, right. that was a complete sentence, and it was coherent. Play it back, <laughs> I assure you. I followed. I don't know why anybody right. else wouldn't TC. Of course, I do know how so, you talk, so that might be part So when of you that. think of the doctor or the the dog catcher or the the guy at the pound, they are props more than anything. Mm-hmm. The humans that need to initiate things in the plots or 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 do things specifically to characters are or more developed in personality and therefore more developed as animated characters right which you could argue that is stuff that we've seen previously in uh in in prior disney films that the the characters that are the the more serious or the ones that you're not you Mm -hmm. are either supposed to be uh yeah like you said prop prop base the ones that are supposed to make you laugh or get more of a like a a reaction from tend to be the ones that are more cartoony drawing i mean you've seen a realistic like go way back to snow white snow white is a very serious you know very simple drawn character, but then you get the witch that's more cartoony drawn and proportions are, are different. Or the dwarves, like right there, first film you have that you have that approach, and it's it's mm-hmm. it's still something that now that I've seen it, I look for that, and I now spot when is a character drawn differently, and then I try to figure out why 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 was Jim and Darling only ever shown. More or less from the waist down, you know, you only you kind of saw them from ladies perspective, which, by the way, I dig that. I I love that concept. It's kind of it reminded me of Muppet Babies, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the, the whole film is told from a dog's perspective, and that is another technique that to this day is still used, like the movie Pets, which just came out last year or so. Uh, is done in that perspective or mm-hmm. um, it's from the eye level from the perspective of lady and the dog so the yep. the human characters aren't going to have uh, as uh, well jim and and darling aren't <laughs> at least going to have as much <laughs> detail to them oh and baby lady was so cute and adorable oh. cute little puppy and then them putting her in the kitchen and <laughs> And I love it, like, finally them caving, being like, okay, but just for tonight, crosses off to her old dog. I'm like, yes! That's exactly how it would be. It's only for tonight, well, and that's where she just always slept. <laughs> well, I, I want to ask you then, let's actually discuss Lady. Let's talk about these the specific characters in this. We've mm-hmm. talked a lot about the side characters, but what do you think of Lady as the protagonist of this movie, the hero of this movie? I, I, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed her as a character. She didn't seem helpless because you could argue because so Disney's really obviously well known for their their princesses, you know, and their their female leads almost with like a male that comes along and saves them, which, yeah, kind of still happens in this film. But Lady right. felt more she could hold her own from the get go. 
You know, yes, I, yeah, I don't. Was, I didn't see her as a weak little helpless dog that needed the you know, needed the tramp to come along and save her and all that. Like, no, no, no. It was. It was. She she could hold her own. She was guarding the backyard from the rat, or you know, and was running after uh, Jim when he came. Like she she felt like a good character. Um, she just happened to fall in love with another dog. <laughs> You're right, though. She she's goes after the rat right away. She's intuitive and smart enough right from the get go to figure out how to get upstairs and get what and and get in get what she wants. Uh, whether yep. that's making making her a spoiled brat or not, that's up to you. But uh, she has friends and trusty and Jacques. She's she is on equal ground with Tramp in her world as. As, like when he when she goes into his world, he just needs to show her around, show her the ropes, and he's not placating to her or or talking down to her. He's educating her, right? And she's able to stand up for herself once she's back home after experiencing going to prison. <laughs> and but as soon as that as she's not able to protect the baby, she's she. And Tramp comes rushing back. She just says, "There's a rat in the baby's room. Go through the back door. Go." Like that's that's proves her intelligence and her and her ability to adapt. There's criticism of her just being another damsel in distress through some of the some of the comments I found online. But I disagree. I, I agree with you, Jeff, that she is she's a pretty good character. Yeah, I felt like she she held her own very right from the get go. Like she she. Seems a lot more, a lot stronger than a lot of the other princesses that we've seen. In some cases, she's more in line. Here, here we go. She is more in line with Cinderella. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's along yes, the I lines agree. of she's she's happy in her world. You know, maybe mm-hmm. it's not perfect. You know, I think the baby, you know, kind of intervened a little bit and and caused a little bit of an issue, but she still made the best of the world she lived in. And True. she didn't. You know, she if 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 nothing with the tramp had happened, she would have continued just going about her world and her life, and would have been co- fine and content, much like Cinderella in a very similar boat. She made the best of the world that she lived in. Cinderella obviously had it a little worse <laughs> than <laughs> than Lady did, but um, but what, still, what Lady ha- what Lady yeah. has is curiosity. She and that's again a credit to the script that there there's a development of her inherent curiosity what is a baby anyway and right. and her innocence going out into the real world and learning from it and growing from it there's there's i'd like to give credit to her as a character in that she has curiosity and she adapts and she's she's smart she's not the she's not the most complex character it's not even the most complex we've seen thus far but there's something to it. There's something to that in her, and I, I like her as a character. It's it's it, it, she's a dog though. It's so weird. It's <laughs> we're we're really <laughs> <laughs> we are dissecting the dog more than I think we dissected some of the human characters in the films that we've watched so far. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Uh, and then there's there's Jack and Trusty. I I can remember being very little. And wanting Jacques, I wanted a Scotty dog. I can remember being just a toddler and being, and it must have been from this movie that developed this weird obsession with <laughs> Scotty dogs. I wonder if I, I, you had mentioned that your grandmother introduced you to Disney movies and whatnot. I feel like this was a movie I saw very, very young that my grandma and grandpa, my grandma and grandpa played for me. I just have these 
Very, as much as I remember all the Disney commercials that I saw, <laughs> I don't know Which where my memories are. Apparently, you've seen every Disney commercial that they have ever made. Too. <laughs> I watched a lot of television. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, everybody. Okay, moms and dads, look how normal we are. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> hmm. 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 Yeah. Well, maybe not. Uh, but the. Uh, let's. Uh, how about the other titular character himself, Tramp? Um, Tramp felt fun to me. He felt like just kind of a cool guy. He felt like somebody that like. <laughs> and this is so weird. Again, it's a dog, right? Like, yeah, yeah. It, it, they're not human. They're animated. They're not. They're uh, they're not even real. But like, they did so <laughs> well at creating Tramp's character. You know, and and he makes mistakes, mm-hmm, but he's mm-hmm. able to. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 a little bit of a womanizer, but you never. You only get that from what other people say. You don't necessarily see that. I never hated Tramp at no, any point during the he film. He is super lovable because yeah. he's such a cool. He's that. Uh, he's that uh, kind of cool guy, nice guy, like the like the cool guy who befriends, like the cool senior who befriends the freshman in, in a movie, or right, like the. There's he's not a jerk at all. Like no. the, he may be painted as a jerk in. In uh, the he's a tramp, right? But yeah, but even even, even with felt, a song like that, I still didn't hate him, <laughs> right? Because because even Paige uh, Peggy says he or the dogs in the pound even say he's a sucker for the ladies. But as soon as he finds the right one, that's when he will. That's when his downfall will come. And let's hope he doesn't fall in love. Is essentially what they said. But I. I think this might be some of my favorite voice acting of the 15 movies we've seen so far because this voice actor is – his voice is so perfect for the character and the animated to his voice so great. I, I didn't particularly love Lady's voice mm-hmm. or um, – or um, yeah, but, but, but just, if, just to go off the two characters, I didn't particularly – I didn't hate her voice. I just didn't – there was nothing about it that, that really – struck me but tramp's voice acting is so freaking good <laughs> and you know what the sad thing is is this is one of the last this is like the last film that the voice actor did he only did a couple of movies oh that's a shame he be- he went uh, back to he he left la and quote-unquote retired <laughs> and was huh. like a woman or was like a clothing designer or something like that like that's what he did really yeah that's like so that's crazy isn't it like you because well, you're like oh because like all these other voice actors are people that have already appeared in disney films or will appear in like the next eight that will watch you know like everything from like the mm-hmm. 60s and in, into the 70s but like this guy mm-hmm. yeah this larry roberts he barely did anything um, well, he did a great job and and it's uh, the script, the dialogue he had to work with is great, and there's and another moment of great setup knockdown was right from the get go. You see how he feels about babies, little kids, because right. when he goes past the puppy store, he looks in on them and he ah look at these little guys. <laughs> <laughs> he has, that's that's a character trait established right there that pays off in the end. It's great because right then and there you know that he's that he's carrying that he's you know he's not uh he's yeah he's not the the jock or the 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 like the motorcycle type of guy who you know is too manly to want to like <laughs> right, right. like kids if, you, you understand like yeah they, he, he's soft <laughs> if they did this movie now jason sudeikis would do the voice of the tramp and he would be very yeah. different 
Yes. <laughs> in yes, a lot yes, of ways. I, <laughs> I just laughed at my own joke. I don't care. <laughs> How dare you laugh at your own joke? DC, I sit and I laugh at your jokes too. So, um, oh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm not funny. But I, I, I like the characters. I, I, I like them. I, I, was, I had no issues sitting and watching Lady and the Tramp just interact with each other. You know, I... I I just they they were great characters. They were they were well fleshed out, well designed, well done, well designed too. Like mm-hmm. lady, lady's long ears acting as her hair was such yeah. a great just like little detail. I'm like yeah. So I pictured lady as like a lot like a shoulder length brunette, mm-hmm. just because uh, of her ears ja- and like yeah. ja- Jacques' mustache to make him this older middle-aged man type character yep. and and Trusty being this uh, worn down old vet um, yep. <laughs> and and uh, the the peppiness and the liveliness and tramp um well even his hair <laughs> like the way, the way that his hair sits on his head you kind of picture him having like a nice head of hair like he's got almost like a little <laughs> now, I don't want to say uncle Jesse from full house head of hair he's but... a, he's a handsome devil i think exactly. is what I'm trying to say here <laughs> there's so, there's uh, it's it's interesting the, this movie opens with a dedication and this movie's dedicated to all the dogs out there. <laughs> <laughs> that did seem that, Which, that, that threw me for a little bit at first. I was like, "Oh, there's that's a, odd." Weird. Let's be honest. <laughs> this movie's dedicated to dog lovers. To dog because <laughs> it dog. it knows it knows who its audience. In the whole yeah. history of the world, there is but one thing that money cannot buy: to wit, the wag of a dog's tail. So it is all <laughs> dogs, be they ladies or tramps, that this picture is respectfully dedicated. Actually, your owners, not the dogs, because dogs. Can't read. Yeah, yeah, and dogs wouldn't watch a movie. <laughs> <laughs> dogs don't care. Cats, on the other hand, will watch the movie. I've seen it firsthand, and and they probably wrote in some nasty letters to about the mm-hmm. evil portrayal of cats. That's probably who tweeted me. Was a cat? Not a, was a cat. Not a cat. Cats are you know they have those paws, but man, they can type. I've seen Garfield. so Stacey having said that we've talked a lot about the film where on the list of our movies we've watched so far (laughs) would you rank this movie Uh, so let's see well just as a recap we are currently tied and we have the exact Mm -hmm. same list Cinderella's number one (laughs) Peter Pan's number two Alice in mm -hmm. Wonderland's number three and The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad are number four Number four. Okay. Well, I will. I will answer that with a question. Okay. Of all the movies we've ah! watched so far, where do you? You, put... <laughs> you can't turn my question around on me. What is that? Okay. That'd be like asking Alex Trebek to <laughs> the same question he just asked you. <laughs> Uh, actually, Alex Trebek gives Sherry <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I don't want your sass, mister. I'll, I'll, I'll answer. I'll answer. I'll answer. So I, before we started recording, and I, I feel like you hinted at it as we started here, I feel like I changed your opinion in our conversation. I think I've done that before to you while we You have done discussing, that before. Discussion of a film, you realized you liked it more than you admitted on first watch. Did that did that happen again? Have you changed your opinion on this as we've been talking about it? You don't have to tell me where you're going to rank it quite yet. I'm just curious. Maybe. Whatever number you had, <laughs> okay. Well, whatever number you had, I I will I will accept it, but I am going to make this my number 1 of this of this set. 
Really? That I, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm committing. I'm committing. Okay. That, You're number one. All right. I'm holding you to just, that, by the way. <laughs> just, just your response obviously makes me want to balk on it, but I, th- I think it's clear if just listening to us have this conversation, just how much I admire this film for, for a lot of what it's done. It's close. I, I actually, this, this is worth mentioning because we did get a comment on the Facebook page um, that uh, we, we finally got a disagreement with uh, Thomas. He, he really disagreed with us on Peter Pan, which is great. He actually <laughs> yes. apologized for, for disagreeing. I say no because that's why we want people to, to, to tweet at us, to comment on the Facebook page because we, we want to initiate a conversation here. Our, our as said in our first episode, and I suppose it's worth reiterating here since we mm-hmm. might have new listeners, we're not saying this is the end-all, be-all list. This is just our list. Right. And the the list we are creating right now started with movie number 11, which was Ichabod and Mr. Toad, and we'll right. go to movie number 20, whatever that might be. I don't know it off the top of my head. Our previous list of 10 – we will then pit our number one, which was Pinocchio, against whatever is number one to con- uh, in further lists. Right. But it's I, I'm glad that that uh, Thomas disagreed, and I feel like I might get some disagreement on on Lady and the Tramp here. But just listening to us com- converse here, it's clear we enjoyed this far more than than some of the other movies we've spent more time criticizing. Right. And yeah, because if you ju- want to see how different we can be, like you look at look at the notes, look at the look at our list for round one on the Facebook mm-hmm. page. Yeah, our number one movies for both of us was Pinocchio, but besides that, we have very different lists. Like yeah, our lists yeah. are very different after that. My number two is Three Caballeros. That was your number seven. Like we yeah. disagreed how much we enjoyed it. It just happens to be so far out of the four uh, from this round two set, we have the exact mm-hmm. same list. But look yeah. at we're competing it against. I mean, it's <laughs> we had the same opinion and the same reason for doing it though for for mm-hmm. putting the movies where we did. We we and, knew this was going to be tough because this golden era has some truly fine films, and we've we haven't even hit the the, the latter half yet. We've we're not even halfway, and I just there's there's more characters in this film, and there's more detail in each of the characters in this film. As simplistic as the plot might be, it's a credit to the development of the animation technique and the voice acting and the cinematic technique in the lighting and the, the musical motifs and the musical storytelling and the nonverbal communication moments. This just is a fuller film than Cinderella. But what I, what I wanted to say in terms of ranking it's really hard to rank these movies when they're yes, all it as, is. as good as they are. It's, people forget that sometimes. Like, like when you look at the 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 top one hundred or the top two fifty. If you if you look at the top two fifty on IMDb, and you're like, "What do you mean Pulp Fiction's only 30? That's number thirty in the history of cinema. Thirty yeah. is a great number. There's a lot of movies that come out every year, and to be yeah. number thirty <laughs> out of all of them. It's pretty dang it's impressive. It's really good. So to, to to edge out Cinderella to put my put Lady in the Tramp here at number one is is not an easy choice to be made. Um, nor was it easy to rank Alice and Peter Pan where I did. It's mm-hmm. all really really close because these are all damn fine films. So there you go. I I, I agree, sir. I, I I and I I like your your ranking. I liked where you put it, and I liked your reasonings behind it. Mm-hmm. It is, however, my number two. 
Ah, you're keeping Cinderella number one. All right. Yes, and it's and it's you. You made you made a fantastic point. Again, this movie is gorgeous looking. This movie is pretty. The story's fun. The characters are awesome. Like I enjoyed watching them interact with each other. I laughed in moments. I got emotional in moments. But overall, Cinderella still just has that little bit more to it for me. That it's. It's my number two, or it, it, Cinderella is still my number one so far out of the ones right, we watched. Right. Alice so in Wonderland, leaves, yeah. Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, definitely, absolutely, did nowhere near this movie. Peter Pan was fun, and it was beautiful looking, but this movie is still better than Peter Pan in my book, guaranteedly better than Peter Pan. But it's very close to Cinderella, and mm-hmm. if I could tie them, I would tie them, but I don't. we don't do ties. <laughs> we don't do ties. <laughs> we don't do ties. So... Overall, I I personally, and I come from an animal-loving family, I personally, mm-hmm. though, would still watch Cinderella before I'd watch Lady and the Tramp again. All right. And that's, that was that my deciding factor. <laughs> it originally well, was curious. below Peter Pan. I'm not going to lie. Originally, when I came into this, it was going to be my number three. Oh, so I, I did once again sway your opinion in conversation. Because yes. <laughs> I started thinking about the technical stuff and the story elements. And the, when you brought up the fact that stuff was being paid off, like that stuff was introduced early and being paid <laughs> off later, I went, okay, no, that totally trumps Peter Pan. Anything Peter Pan could have done. <laughs> and that's why, yep, that's why it moved up on my list and definitely was, in hindsight, a lot better than Peter Pan. But again, like TC said, that statement sounds a lot harsher than it actually is. These movies are really hard to rank because these are still all fun. I still enjoyed Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, but <laughs> sure, sure, sure. It's it's a. I'm curious, of course, to hear what the listeners have to say, and, and yes. uh, so you can you can tweet. I'm sorry, Twitter pate at Twitter Jeff pate. at Random Bell, or you can <laughs> Twitter pate at me at TC's Big Head of, or of course, if you're not listening to this to I, on iTunes, you can head over to. Facebook.com slash Top Shelf Pod. Nailed it. Nailed and it. you can comment on the movie there or just give us a comment. You don't specifically have to seek out whatever episode you're listening to. Um, and let us know what, what you think of, of these movies because one, one of the joys of doing something like this, of doing lists, is to hear what other people's lists might be. Uh, we had a new comment from Wyatt um, about – what his favorite movies are. He gives a little spoiler on that, uh, which Jeff, I don't know if you saw, but uh, thank you for commenting on that as well. Yes. Um, And welcome. And thank you for liking the, liking the page too. Why? By all means, that's, we love it. We love when people do that. Like it's like TC said, go over to the Facebook page, but if you're not, maybe you're listening to us on Stitcher. Don't forget Stitcher and Google play. We're also there as well. So we're all over the place. Whatever's easiest for you. (laughs) (laughs) But I do have a couple of comments, a, a, a couple of tweets this time. If you wanted to just, answer those real quick i gave you the Sounds one good. earlier from from clearly from a cat and how clearly from a cat that's totally from yes a cat. <laughs> um so <laughs> this is from l punisher who i think you know who that is i might uh, know I, that name if, that name sounds kind uh, of familiar a, a fellow creative who asks <laughs> by the be- based on the beginning and the end of this movie is, is this Lady a christmas movie tramp a christmas movie <laughs> come on <laughs> I did not see that tweet, but you know what? That thought ran through my head watching this movie. I'm like, it starts at Christmas. I went, oh, so this is a Christmas movie, right? Is that what this is? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is, El Punisher. It's, it is guaranteedly a Christmas movie. I don't care what anyone will, says. <laughs> we will uh, We will count it. It's, it's an alternative <laughs> Christmas movie. <laughs> it's one of those weird Christmas movies that 
has nothing to do, like, next to nothing to do with Christmas, but Lady is a present, so... It's true. It opens and closes with Christmas. It's, it does. It's no... Really, I think what we're saying is this is no different than Die Hard, so... Um, it's the dog uh, version of Die Hard. It's That's the dog what it is. Of Die Hard. Why, why it didn't say that on the DVD or the poster, I do not know. <laughs> it's Dog Hard, if you will. Uh. <laughs> All right, and then... <laughs> And another tweet uh, – shoot, I didn't write down who this was from. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Uh, the tweet was, is the pound scene one of the saddest moments in the movies we've watched so far? You know, I I, I, I would say yes because it's just you, – you see all these helpless dogs and it kind of immediately makes you think about – well, honestly, because again, I, I'm, from a, I'm from an animal family. Mm-hmm. I can't go to – Anywhere where dogs or any animals are like in a cage, I cannot do that because it just breaks every emotional part of my body into mm-hmm. a bajillion pieces. And and if I go there, I will bring home every animal that they have. I oh. will. Fi- I, I cannot go to places that have animals in cages because it kills me too much. So yes, that so- entire scene was. <laughs> and, and when and when and when ladies like when lady is let go and she's being carried out and the the like the, I don't know if that was the dog catcher but whoever it was was like holding her and he's like you're too good for a place like this or something like that like yeah. that just like kills my heart because I'm like oh because she is she don't belong there yeah. <laughs> I'm slightly so emotional I will agree <laughs> I will agree it is. It's a really sad moment. I even made a note of it that the pound is so sad that it's that's so sad. um that rendition of No Place Like Home done by a howling quartet of dogs yeah is fantastic. And actually it's it's worth mentioning that we didn't discuss music very much last week when we were talking about Peter Pan. But I, I want to mention it real quick here. Mm-hmm. We are entering a, a different style of Disney animation musical storytelling in that there are less characters doing the singing. Now, granted, there are characters doing the singing. You got the We Are Siamese song, and you got he He's a Tramp. Right. And you have a more contextual singing of Tony and Joey, because they're actually singing to the animals for their dinner. Right. But like Peter Pan had fewer songs where it was more of a chorus singing and less of the characters singing, and that carried over into this as well, where there's it's it, the technique is changing. It doesn't. It's not the characters sing the songs that we've seen in like uh, Pinocchio or Cinderella. Right, and that 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 style where which will will obviously will eventually get back to that type because a lot of the ones like the the, the second golden age of Disney oh, in the 80s the, and the, the 90s and even today yes, we're yeah. back in that characters sing the songs again you know you look at Little Mermaid and Aladdin and all them but Definitely yeah the, the Disney renaissance we will we will see the return well you know we, we could be remembering incorrectly we may have plenty of characters singing but it, se- it, it seems to me if memory serves that once we move out of this era and we go into kind of the dark age the, mm-hmm. the 80s the late 70s early age, 80s we will have less characters singing and more of the chorus or the just the omniscient singing right right so which is a weird yeah. like it's, it's curious to know why they did that why why that was the approach that they went um as opposed taste. to letting it, yeah, I mean, and and that's that's it's the time of the the era, the the time frame that we're in, just like or just hey, we're gonna do something different. We don't want the characters having mm-hmm. to bust out mm-hmm. into song anymore, you know. Yeah, 
It's just an interesting um, decision. This was a nice balance, though, between them. I felt like this had a better balance than Peter Pan did. Yeah, Peter. Yeah, I completely agree, and and even more so than Alice in Wonderland, which was. Well, we discussed the randomness of Alice. You can go listen. <laughs> There's a whole episode dedicated all, to the randomness of that. <laughs> that's all the tweets and comments I have. If you had any, you can, or otherwise, we can move on. I uh, that was all that I had. Yeah, you 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 had you had them all this week. You usually have them all. Most of the ones, uh, most I don't get many, if at all, any. Okay, I'm okay. so sad. Nobody tweets oh. me. Tw- tweet at Jeff. <laughs> Come on, it's fine. I don't need to be tweeted at. I'm. I'm <laughs> well, well, hey, fine. hey, J- hey, little guy. Hey, hey, li- it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Anyways, yes, that it sounded like a dog howling, but uh, a, little, a little bit, a little, little Jeff. What were there any tropes this week? We need to any Disney. <laughs> so it was it was tough. Um, the the closest that we got to uh, was for like Disney first. I di- I didn't have I didn't immediately recognize any tropes per se outside. I guess of. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's right, because we did break these into two different sections. The the Disney tropes of being like the villain, the quote-unquote villain, as close as Aunt Sarah is, having a pet, <laughs> an, e- an equally evil pet ah, villain. <laughs> yes, that's right. You are cr- I didn't even put that one together. Very good. Right. So we have that. Uh, we do have the trope of the lead female character being from a well-to-do family. Uh, but, mm-hmm. you know, and then f- and coming across the street rat or the urchin, or the mm-hmm. the more um, street smart guy. The wrong, who, wrong, the wrong side, side of the tracks. Of the tracks. Yep. Which we get <laughs> so many times, so often, that's that's a very common thread. Uh, <laughs> my Disney firsts were more along the lines of the technical aspect. The fact that it was a it was a widescreen, it was like the first like real widescreen movie that Disney ever made. Mm-hmm. Um, before this, we got a lot of you know the either Academy aspect ratio or maybe just a little wide, like would ultimately be like the one eighty five, or not even that, but just full blown, you know, yeah, full frame. No, no Academy right, right. ratio uh, films. Say, Jeff, uh, <clears throat> don't you think you're maybe forgetting something that was a first in this film? Is this t- <laughs> I can't get- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I was distracted. What are you referring to, sir? The, the, whist- the whistle uh, talk yes. rodents, the whistle yes. talk gopher, uh, well, beaver, but we I will see this again. I couldn't tell if that was what you were talking about or if you were just yes, using yeah. that as part. Okay, yes, that makes sense. <laughs> good, 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 good. But by the way, my only other first that I thought or I saw of was the whole like not showing the humans' faces to keep the audience, which our perspective, which we kind of already discussed about, because that does pop up once or twice. The perspective or the the, the perspective of which we are seeing mm-hmm. our lead characters, like in the world that they live in, being very different mm-hmm. than a traditional like Bambi or Snow White film. So, but that's less of a yeah. first and more just kind of an <laughs> approach. So. Cool. I, I I did look, but I could not find any theories. However, we didn't. I if you want to if you want to kind of wrap up Lay and Tramp, I do have two theories that I found for Peter and Peter Peter Pan. Which quick another tangent here. You said <laughs> you said Peter and the Pan like three times in the episode. Oh. And I didn't notice it until after I listened back to it. And like the second time you said, I was like, hey, you did it again. And then you did it a third time. I'm like, Jeff, what? how did I not hear you saying that in the moment? Well, you know, anyway, that was that That was that was tangent. Let me jump know, back I, over to I, tangent I don't one. even remember saying that. So I'm glad that you, like, oh, someone here is paying attention because it's, it's not me. 
<laughs> oh man, <laughs> the, there were a couple of of theories for uh, Peter Pan. You know, I'm going to save one for much further down the road because it applies to something else. So I will just say the one that I liked, it was that Captain Hook is an escaped lost boy and he saves other lost boys and makes them pirates. Oh, interesting. Saving them from Peter, like... um, From Peter, yeah. From Peter's, like, wrath of killing them, basically. So really, Hook is the good guy. I like that theory because that's, in essence, what he's doing with... Like, that's what he's trying to do... To a he's degree, trying to with, save the kids. He's yeah. trying to make them pirates so they don't get killed by Peter. <laughs> well, shoot, that's a pretty dang good theory right there. That, yeah. I like it. I like it. I saw that and I'm like, you know what? And the fact that he's kind of loony bananas, it's fine because he's probably been doing this for eternity at this point. Yeah. So <laughs> his subconsciously, he's still, still trying to save people. The only contradictory thing is the fact that the first thing he does in the movie is kill a guy. But he was playing an accordion, and... Uh... Now, TC, did we actually see that man get shot and die? Uh, yes. Well, we didn't we, see... He, it, he it, it was implied heavily. <laughs> okay, I'll give you that. <laughs> I'm so sorry, I that unless that's... I see a body, I don't believe death. Uh, that's how I... No body, myself. no death. That is the rule. Elvis that's is still alive. Michael Jackson is still alive. Pretty much anybody from the last 200 million years is alive. Yes, I realize humans weren't around that long. Shut up. Anyways, uh, they're all alive. They're, they're all hiding somewhere. <laughs> That's fine. And the accordion guy that Captain Hook took out is still totally alive. alive. Totally alive. Well, I realized that was way off topic from Lady and the Tramp, but I wanted to toss it in there. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think I think we've done it. I think we've done um, it. I'm happy with this week's episode. I really did enjoy Lady and the Tramp, even with it being my number two on this on our list so far. It was still yeah, a very fun film, mm-hmm. and I so highly recommend once again, it for you, everybody. We can. Uh, I we. I want to plug our Twitter, and then Jeff wants to plug something as well. Yes, and that's that's me reminding you. Yes, mm. thank you. Thank <laughs> you. You can hit us up in the <laughs> comment section on Facebook.com/slash/TopShelfPod or Twitter page at TC's Big Head at Random Bell. We love hearing from you guys. Jeff, yes, take it do. away. All right, guys. So uh, real quick, next week's episode is going to be Sleeping Beauty, the 1959 classic. Which again, I. I don't remember what happens in Sleeping oh, Beauty because I mix Sleeping Beauty and Cinderella and Snow White kind of – I kind of mix all three of those sometimes. So I'm really excited to see that. Uh, we are jumping four years because like I said, we're, we've hit that period of these films where they're not every year. They come out every couple. So I'm really excited to see what they do with Sleeping Beauty and quality of it and the joy of it. I do know – Again, I know kind of what happens, but I don't remember everything, so I'm really excited for that. So that's next week's episode, number 16 on our list. We're we're moving on up. We're almost to the 60s, and pretty soon it'll be the 90s, and mm-hmm. then I'll that's not funny. shut up talking about these films. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, so with that, in at the time of this episode being released, some of you might have noticed that on Monday, Lindsay and Colin have done their podcast, the Top Shelf Podcast. So for those of you who don't know, let's just start from the beginning. Remember, Top Shelf started originally 
uh, as a podcast that Lindsay and I did. Uh, actually, it just celebrated the uh, two-year anniversary of completing uh, at the time of recording last week. So this was a podcast that we did where we watched all AFI Top 100's movies on the AFI Top 100 podcast, which there is a chance that they're releasing a new list for that sometime this year. And Lindsay and I might go back and do a couple follow-up episodes of that. However, our podcast right now that we that you are listening to, that CC and are doing, is the sequel to that original podcast. Lindsay herself with Colin, who, if you listen to the AFI podcast, made some appearances, are doing their own separate podcast called The Best Picture Winners. They are going to go through all of the Oscar Best Picture Winners ever, and they're going to watch all of those movies and talk about them. So, Starting with The Birth of a Nation. Are they watching these in order? <laughs> they are not watching them in order okay. because they okay, realized good. how horribly boring that would be to do. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, I believe they are putting the names in the hat and they're just randomly picking them. Um, but they started off just to be more topical. This the Their first episode was Moonlight. So it was the, the winner of this year's Oscars. Uh, best nice. picture, or, or I'm sorry, was that La La Land? I I, I still don't know. Ah, uh, ah, ah. It's still kind of topical. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, so at the time of this episode coming out, they released their episode three days ago. They're going to be releasing their episodes on Mondays. They may not be weekly like we are doing it. They're going to try to do it when they have time. They live they live very busy lives almost more so than TC and I do, and we're pretty dang busy all the time, actually. Um, but they it's will true. be... <laughs> it's true. I could barely see you anymore, TC. It's almost like we're not in the same room. But <laughs> <laughs> but they will be releasing those episodes on Mondays. That way there's no conflict with our show. So those of you listening right here, you will see the posts on Facebook because it's one hub. All of the podcasts for Top Shelf are going to be released on the same Facebook page. So... Definitely go give it a uh, go give it a check out. They'll be posting those on Mondays, which will take you to the Ghost Test page. Those will eventually be up on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play once we're able to get them all up there for them. Uh, there might be a chance of a little bit of a crossover at some point. Um, I might be on one of their episodes, and they might be on uh, one of these. TC, I hope you don't mind. Uh, I don't mind at all. <laughs> um, that's not going to be probably until we get into the uh, like the 1980s or so, like the the 80s and the 90s era when like we were all watching the the Disney movies as kids. But they might ma- uh, make an appearance here as well to join in. So just uh, wanted to let everybody know about that show. So definitely give that a look. And like I said, I, TC already said it's on the same page. Facebook page, facebook.com slash top shelf pod. So just to let you guys know, that's what's happening. They're not, all the Facebook posts aren't by us (laughs) anymore. (laughs) So don't get thrown off. We're not randomly watching Moonlight (laughs) or Moonlight. uh, (laughs) I didn't know this was a Disney movie. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a Disney movie, you know, just, but yeah, so that's all. So definitely go give them a like and follow them once we get the the, the feed up for them as well. Because they're awesome and they're fun and they like to talk about movies too. Whee! All right. So well, with I, that, TC, that, that does it. That's up for this week. And TC, you know what? You're so good at giving us our sign off. Why don't you just go ahead and mm-hmm. do the sign off? All right. This is a sa- wait. No, is that the no? Okay. All right. See you next. When we um, I just I bumped the mic. Um, we can. The, oh, the music's playing me out. The music's see, playing me out, everyone. See, Thank you. That's the correct sign-off, everybody. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. And this is a sign-off. Oh, so we flipped it this week. 
That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> This has been a production of Ghost Hat Media, proud member of the Ghost Hat Network. Find them online at www.ghosthat.net. <laughs> I like the ending. <laughs>